Well, we're in a series called Success. It's time to upgrade. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying studying God's Word as much, as much as we have been digging into the Word and learning more and more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we looked at the five intangibles of biblical success. Love, grace, faith, patience, and wisdom. These five intangibles of success are already ours in Christ Jesus, and they're ours to have and to enjoy on a daily basis. Today we want to dig into the Word of God as we, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, and we want to look at how do these five intangibles of the new covenant, the gospel of grace, work in the believer's life to make us successful. Well, there are three areas we're going to look at today. Let me give them to you, and then we'll study them a little bit more in detail. Number one, these five intangibles make us successful because they cause our souls to prosper. 3 John 1, 2 in the Derby translation says, Beloved, I desire that in all things thou shouldest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Number two, the second thing, uh, the second way these things make our lives successful is they cause us to walk and live in the Spirit. Now in Galatians chapter 5, 16 and then verse 24, say this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now on the inside of these two bookmarks, we find Paul goes into detail about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Notice that the flesh has to be worked, but the fruit that the Spirit cultivates in our lives grow on us as we spend time with Jesus. Number three, the third way that these things make our lives successful is it displays and shows God that we are delighting in him. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So let's dig into each of these and and go a little bit deeper as we look at a couple of areas. Number one, these five things make our lives successful because it makes our soul prosperous. 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. This verse communicates God's heart for the believer, but it also gives us a dynamic principle of the new covenant. When the real you, that is your soul, is doing well, it will flow to every other part of your life outwardly. So when you are receiving and walking in God's love, grace, faith, patience, and wisdom, not only will it protect your heart, but it will move you steadily into success. It's so beautiful that this word soul in the Greek is the actual word suke, and it speaks definitely of your mind, your will, and your emotions. But the root word shows us that it also comes from the word pneuma, which is the English word we get, spirit. 
So this soul speaking here in 3 John 2 and in other places in the New Testament actually speak not just about your mind, will, and emotions, but about your spirit, the real you, which incorporates your mind, your will, and your emotions. And notice what he says. In the proportion to which your soul, the real you, is prospering, you will prosper Have good success is actually what that word means, and you will live in health. This word prosper here means to succeed or to make progress. It actually says this, that you move forward and have good success. Number two, the second one we said is this, is it causes you and I, these five intangibles cause you and I to live and walk in the spirit. And the believer can only truly be successful when we learn to walk and live in the spirit. John 7 verse 38, Jesus speaking, he says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow. Rivers of living water. It's so important that we remain spiritually minded and put our trust in the Lord instead of our own efforts. A pastor and mentor of mine recently shared a dream that he had about four weeks ago. He was fishing on a small island by a beautiful calm lake. The lake carried a refreshing air of calmness, tranquility, and peace. And it seemed as if there was no place for destruction or harm. But then, all of a sudden, he saw these skulls bobbing up from the water, a sight that seemed so out of place in such a peaceful lake. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, a huge crocodile came out and devoured all the skulls in one gulp. Quickly, all of them disappeared, and so did the crocodile underneath the water. Immediately, again, the lake was peaceful, tranquil, and calm. The pastor felt this was no ordinary dream. It was a spiritual dream. And the Lord started to show him that the dream spoke about the fact that the enemy is out to attack and his target is Christians who are carnally minded, represented by the bobbing skulls. It's so important in this moment not to be carnally minded because being carnally minded makes you devourable to the enemy, represented by the crocodile. Remember Romans 8 verse 6, we looked at it in previous weeks. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What is life and peace? A prosperous soul. The word peace here in the Greek is the word irene, and it actually means to be calm or tranquil, implying a level of prosperity and success. The equivalent Hebrew word in the Old Testament is the word we all know well. It's the word shalom. And it actually carries it even further. The word shalom carries the idea of well-being, health, and wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So we see when we begin to walk in the spirit, 
We make ourselves successful because we're walking in step with God's purpose and plan for our lives. Now, we normally think that a carnally-minded person who's someone who is addicted by alcohol or is consumed by sinful habits or controlled by extreme emotions. But the truth is, carnally-minded also means someone who's trusting in their own understanding and walking in their own wisdom, walking in the counsel of the ungodly, relying on their own talents, their own gifts, and their own efforts. I want to encourage you today. I believe that dream is for the whole body of Christ. And so for Raymond South Coast Family Church, specifically for the rest of 2021, let's be spiritually minded. Let's continue to put our trust in the Lord instead of our own efforts and ability. Remember in Genesis, after Adam fell, God said to Adam, you are now of dust, meaning that he was carnally minded and that he was controlled by his flesh. We read that in Genesis 3 verse 19, instead of being the man of the spirit that God had ordained him to be. You see, God gave us this earthly body to live in, but it's not to rule us and it's not for us to be carnally minded. The part of of the person that God breathed into, he breathed into us his eternal, royal, majestic and powerful spirit so that we would walk in the likeness of Jesus. Your spirit is who you really are, not your body. So let's continue to look to Jesus and see how he walked on this earth. Jesus was the prototype. And God shows us that he wants us to walk and live in the spirit. To allow our spirit to control and govern our mind, our will, and our emotions. And that our body needs to come in line. To avoid becoming carnally minded and devourable, we need to realize that we've got to stay in the spirit. We've got to keep our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus, letting the word of God live in us and dwelling us richly. Just as you and I are untouchable by that crocodile in that dream, because we're living in the spirit, we're staying in the peace of God, we can live and position ourselves in the spirit. So we could say it like this. When you put your trust in Christ, and are daily led by the Holy Spirit, you will not be devourable to the enemy. Let's look at Romans chapter 11, sorry, Romans chapter 8, verses 11 to 14. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Number three, the third thing that these five things do to make us successful in our lives is they show God that we are living our lives to delight in Him. 
You all know Psalm 1 really well. Let's look at the first three verses. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Look at that. When we, when we are walking and enjoying these five intangibles in our lives, we're delighting in the Lord. We're celebrating who we are, and we're living in his word. And look what it says. And in that law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Please notice here the progression that comes as a result of being a person who delights in the Lord and meditates in his word. Firstly, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. If you're planted, it means that you've got to grow and develop and let your roots go down into the soil of God's ground. That's what we spoke about last week. Notice that after that, you start to bring forth fruit in its season. So even although you're planted by the river, there is a season for you to be fruitful. But not only are you going to be fruitful, but your leaf will not wither. In other words, even in the seasons of your life where you're not fruitful, maybe where God's pruning an area of your life, your leaf will still not wither because of where you're planted. And look at the final level of upgrade. Whatever you do will prosper. You see, God wants to give you riches and health and honor. He wants you to live in his peace and enjoy your every day. That doesn't mean we never have challenges, we never face struggles, or we never go through anything. But you know what? When we're going through it, we already have the resource and the abundant supply within us to come through that challenge, that circumstance, or that, or that storm that's blowing in our lives successfully. You will prosper and enjoy good success when you delight yourself in the Lord. When your soul is prosperous and you walk in the Spirit. Now, let me just explain Psalm 1 here where it speaks about the law. Many people think, well, we're meditating on the law, the Ten Commandments of the Old Testament. But this word law here in the Hebrew actually means the following. It means the living Word of God, the teachings of God's Word, the concepts and the principles And if you look at the root word, it actually paints a picture of an arrow shot out towards its target. In other words, it speaks about a person whose intention and whose passion is to live in God's word. And then the other picture, the other root it comes from is a picture of flowing water. And remember what we read earlier? Out of our belly, out of our spirits will flow rivers of living water. Why? Because we're hiding the word of God in our hearts. Notice here in verse 3 as well, it gives us one of the most incredible keys to causing these things to flourish in our lives. He says this, he meditates in the word day and night. You see, it's essential if you're going to receive God's love and grace that you meditate in the gospel of good news. 
That you let it go deep down into the soul of your life and renew your mind and change your mindset. Meditating on the word will strengthen your faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word of God will strengthen the character of patience in your life. It will also cause you and I to uncover the storehouse of God's wisdom for daily living. Meditating on the word actually opens the eyes of your understanding and you begin to see Jesus for who he really is in the finished work of the covenant which he has made with us and with God. Look at Ephesians 1 verse 17 and 18. It says this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at the next sentence. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That is actually referring to the eyes of your heart, to your spiritual eyes being opened and enlightened or instructed. That you may know the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of the, his inheritance in the saints. You and I have a choice in what we give our attention to. God wants our eyes to be opened by the Holy Spirit. You see each of these intangibles, God's love, his amazing grace, his faith, which is our gift, his patience, which sustains us, and his wisdom go hand in hand with meditating on the word of God. Because when you meditate on the word of God, it causes fresh revelation to come into your life from God. Have a look at Joshua 1 verse 8 as an incredible example of this very thing. God speaking to Joshua before he led the children of Israel into the promised land. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I love the way the Holy Spirit got the writer of Joshua to not just say you'll be prosperous and have success. He said you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That tells me that you can also have bad success. Do you know what bad success is? Bad success is when you become so successful that you no longer have time for God, for God's kingdom, and for God's people. Good success is when God elevates you, God blesses your life, your family's life, but you never lose sight of the fact that it's God who did it. He gets the glory, and you use your resources to be a blessing to his kingdom. In the previous chapters, if you go study uh, the chapters before this, you'll see that Moses had already called Joshua out in front of the nation of Israel. He had proclaimed that he would be the next leader to succeed Moses. He had laid his hands on him and anointed him and appointed him and blessed him to be the leader of the children of Israel. Don't you think that it would stand to reason that he would then just automatically be successful? Well... If you go read Joshua chapter 1, God took 9 or 10 verses to instruct Joshua 
even although he was called, ordained, appointed, and blessed, there were things he needed to do in a response to what God had done for him that positioned him for greatness. Even although he had already been ordained, blessed, and anointed, God says to him, Joshua, you need to meditate in the word day and night. Night and day. It's not just enough to be called. It's not just enough to be a believer and a child of God and even to be released into your destiny. Take God's word and meditate on it and, and let it become part of your life because what will happen is you'll observe to do what is written and you will make your way successful. Psalm 119 verses 130 brings out another element of it. it says, David says this, the entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So even if you're simple, even if, you, if you've lacked understanding and you've made mistakes in, in areas of your life, if you'll come to the word, if you'll meditate on the word, it will bring forth light. The word light here is the Greek word for tizor, all right? Uh, and sorry, the, the Hebrew word is the Hebrew word for tizor, and in the Greek translation, it is the same word used here in Ephesians 1 verse 18, that your eyes be enlightened. It's the same word. The entrance here in the Hebrew word patak means to open the door, and it's translated in the New Testament as an unfolding or a revealing of the scriptures or the word of God. So every time you and I hear the word of God and it's open to us and we begin to meditate and allow it to sink into our spirits and pay attention, we are setting our minds on the spirit. We are learning to walk in the spirit. And we read earlier in Romans 8 verse 6, what it will produce? Life and peace. So we see how important this is. This means that as you and I meditate on the word of God, as we take verses from scripture and the promises of God, and we observe them and we meditate on them, we'll start to understand how to apply them in our daily lives. This word meditate in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word hagar, and it actually means to mutter or to roll over in your mind or in your voice over and over again. You see, sometimes we think meditation takes place only in the mind. But biblical meditation is not blanking out your mind. Rather, it's filling your mind with the word of God, filling your mouth with the word of God, and then speaking it out over and over again. The same is communicated in the New Testament. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 13 to 15, Paul encourages his protege, Timothy. He says to him in verse 13, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. All of those in the word of God. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given to thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. 
The same word meditate here is the Greek word melateo, and it actually is the same word used in Joshua 1.8, that we must not neglect meditating on God's word. How do I do this? You can read God's word daily, but don't just read it, memorize it, and think about it often. As you're driving to work, as you're on your way to school, mutter the word, memorize it, place scripture. You know, nowadays you can get Bible uh, on, uh, to the voice notes and you can listen to the word of God while you're driving. But don't just listen to it. Repeat it over for yourself again and again. Every time, please write this down, every time God's word talks about meditation, there is always a benefit or a blessing that is attached to it. Think about all these verses we've just been looking at. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he puts his hands to will prosper. He will make his way prosper and have good success. Your profiting or success or progress will be noted by everybody. And then finally, it says you will have understanding and you will grow in God's wisdom. Another beautiful scripture that brings us out is Proverbs 3, verses 13 down to verse 17. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Speaking about the word of God. So no matter your occupation, God can cause you to prosper in any area where you begin to meditate on the word of God. I want to encourage you today, church, meditate on God's word and begin to experience these five intangibles of biblical success. God's love, his amazing grace, His incredible faith, patience, and wisdom. And you know what will happen? Your boss, your colleagues, and the people around you will begin to notice that you are marked for success. Write this down. Regardless of your situation, doesn't matter how dire or desperate it is, one or more of these intangibles or principles and promises from God's word can turn it around. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 15 and 16, in the Amplified Classic, it says, Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry, so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Look well to yourself, to your own personality and gifting, and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them, for by doing it, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. One of the biggest challenges facing people today is that they are facing situations that they do not know how to deal with. Whether you're facing a financial challenge, a marital issue, a different challenge in your work or your circumstances or relationships, the answer is in the word of God. So let's look quickly today as we begin to close the process of meditation. Number one, write this down. You've got to own the word. Make it your own. 
Don't just look at it as another message or another scripture that's for everybody. No, this is God's love letter to you. This is God speaking into your life things that you can use to live by on a daily basis. So is there an area of your life that is concerning you? Is there a situation that you're struggling with? Find a scriptural verse from God's word that gives you a positive outcome. Begin to meditate on it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And you know what will happen? It'll create a vision in your heart. It'll give hope to your mind. And it will begin to turn that situation around. Meditate on that scripture by saying it over. Utter it over under your breath, out loud, pondering on the meaning and begin to envision it affecting your personal life. Number two, feed on the word daily. Study the scriptures and make them your own. You know, Jesus said it like this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Number, number three, Train your mind to think about the word of God, repeating it over and over as you memorize it. In other words, predetermine before you face situations how you're going to face them by looking at the word of God and gaining wisdom and understanding. Number four, keep thinking about those scriptures and those promises until they impact your life, drop into your spirit, and become real and living. Number five, find those promises that you need for victory or for upgrade and write them on a vision board where you can see them with your eyes on a regular basis. Do you remember scriptures like Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 25, where it speaks about guarding your heart with all diligence, and it says, give attention to my word. That's what Solomon The wisest man who lived was telling us. And then the wisest human being of all creation, Jesus himself, in Mark chapter 4, from verses 13 to 20, he speaks about, in the parable of the sower, the power of embracing the word of God and letting it live in your heart and being a doer of it. In verse 20 of Mark 4, it says this, But these are those sown on good ground. You and I are on good ground today. We hear the word, we accept the word, and we bear fruit 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. Let's bow our heads together today as we begin to pray. I would love to pray for you today. Father, I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, and that you would give us fresh revelation from your word. For each of our lives. Lord, I ask that you would fill our hearts with the visions of your word for our life, for our health, for our freedom, for longevity, and for healing in every area of our lives. That each and every person listening today would be refreshed, that they would not lack in any area, and that you would prosper and cause us to be successful in everything that we do. Father, I pray for every person today. I ask, Lord, that you bless them and keep them, that you make your face to shine upon them, and that you would be favorable to them. 
Protect them and their loved ones from COVID-19, from any infection or disease or harm or tragedy and the powers of darkness. Give them health and healing in those areas of their lives where they're trusting you right now. And I speak the word of peace. I declare it over our lives in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you've been watching or listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I would love to lead you in the prayer of salvation. If that's you today, would you simply, wherever you are, just put your hand on your heart and pray this prayer out aloud with me. Just be sincere and genuine in this moment. Just say, Father, today I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross and that You raised Him from the third day so that I could be saved. I open my heart and I receive Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me today. Now, if you prayed that prayer, or if you received your healing, or you have a testimony to share with us, would you send us an email or a WhatsApp? It's appearing on the screen right now. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've just been born again, we'd love to send you a booklet and a Bible so that you can start your journey of getting to know God's Word for your life. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget, you could connect with us on social media, Facebook or YouTube. And don't forget to join us this Thursday for our premiere at half past six for our Bible study and Holy Communion. God bless you. Myself and Mandy are praying for you. And have a blessed and prosperous week.